welcome to the Fast Messy Action Podcast with me, Camille Plews. I'm here to help business owners to have more freedom in all areas of their business, to have location independence and more family time. Here you'll find a blend of energetics, strategy and mindset with lots of stories and tips and tricks to help you grow your dream business while having lots of fun and actually getting stuff done, no matter what your commitments are outside of this business or how crazy your family life is. This is all about taking fast, messy, purpose-driven action to build your dream business and life. Hello, welcome. Today's show is the six metrics you need to pay attention to during a launch. If you haven't launched anything yet, you'll get a lot out of this episode. But if you have launched, whether it went well or it didn't, again, you are going to get so much out of this episode because I'm sharing with you the next things you need to do. So if things did go well, I'm sharing with you what you can do to make things go better. If things didn't go well, I'm going to be sharing with you what you can do to make it better next time. You may want to make some notes because I am going to whiz through some of the things that you need to look out for during a launch, or you may want to come back and listen later. The choice is completely yours. So let's dive in. First of all, there are multiple variations when it comes to a live launch of an offer. But for this episode, I'm going to use a coaching offer for around about the $1,000 mark. And we've launched this offer through a live masterclass, for example. Now, if you don't know what a masterclass is, it's pretty much the same thing as a webinar, but I prefer the term masterclass. So this is you teaching a juicy topic, something that your dream clients will want to know about. It'll last roughly 40 to 45 minutes and you're pitching your offer towards the end of it. And that's basically what it is in a nutshell, although there are certain things that you do need to get across in your masterclass, but that's a training for another day. So the very first thing, the first metric, if you like, is how many signups have you had to the masterclass? Because if you're putting content out there and you are asking people to sign up and you only get two or three signups, chances are you may not get any conversions at all for that offer. But if you were to get, for example, 100 signups, then you are likely to get conversions. So the more signups you get to that masterclass, the more chance you're going to have somebody coming into your offer. So audience growth and nurture is huge here. And one of the big mistakes I see so many people making is that they don't grow their audience between launches. So their audience gets fatigued. If you keep launching to the same audience over and over again, then you are going to get poor results. So you need to keep growing your audience, but you also need to keep nurturing them to take them on the buyer journey as well. So the first metric is how many signups have you had? The more, the better. The second metric to look out for is how many people attended live or watched the replay. Don't get too hung up on what time to do your masterclass if you've got an international audience because you'll never quite get the time right for everybody to jump on live. It's impossible. So I found this and I tested various different times to do a live masterclass and to be honest, it was pretty much the same. I'd have roughly... 20 to 25% of the people actually turn up live to the masterclass and more people would watch it on the replay. So don't get too hung up if you're thinking, well, not that many people turn up live. More people will watch it on the replay, especially if you've got an international audience. If you've got more of a localized audience, so if you 
are targeting people in your own country, then you may want to think about the time and think, okay, when is best for my audience? If your audience are mums, for example, then it may not be a great time to do your masterclass when they are putting the kids to bed. So have a think about this yourself for your audience, but don't get too hung up on people turning up and watching live. People are busy. And to be honest, I don't watch a lot of things live. I like to watch things in my own time when I've got time and I'll watch things on the replay quite a lot. So think about yourself and how you do things. Do you watch a lot of things live or do you prefer to catch up on the replay? So as long as you've got a replay link that you can send out for people, then don't get too hung up on the time that you are doing it. So that is the second metric is how many people attended live or watched the replay. And one of the things that can affect how many people watch the replay is how many emails you send out afterwards to say, hey, have you watched the replay yet? People need a nudge. People are so busy, they need a nudge or three to say, come and watch the replay. So make sure that you do have emails to go out afterwards. If you do have an email list, and I am going to get into a couple of the metrics to look out for if you don't yet have a sales page or an email list, if you're maybe just starting out, I'll get into that in a moment. But if you do have an email list, don't forget to send people a reminder to come and watch the replay. So that is the second metric to look out for. The third metric to look out for is the drop-off rate. Are people getting bored through the masterclass and dropping off? Are people actually watching to the end? You will naturally find, this happens across all industries, you will naturally find that there will be some sort of a drop-off rate. But if you see at some point, it's like a cliff, people are dropping off halfway through, Maybe you need to adjust something in your masterclass because something there has put people off. Why is everybody switched off at that point? So something may need adjusting at that point in the masterclass. But do expect to have a gradual drop-off rate throughout. This is just what happens across all industries. So don't feel like, ah, people are dropping off. It happens. It happens. So that was metric number three to look out for, which is the drop-off rate. Metric number four is, and this is if you've got an email list, your email open rate and click-through rate. So if you are sending out reminders about the masterclass before it happens, if nobody's opening the email, then chances are people won't turn up to the masterclass. There are certain words that may trigger the spam filter and it can be quite difficult to know what those words are. But if you type into Google, email spam trigger words, then you will be given a huge list of words to not use in your email so that you don't hit the spam filter in the likes of Google. But it can be really difficult to not hit that spam filter. It can be difficult and my emails go into spam a lot of the time. But I'm always looking at ways to improve it. So I'm constantly looking out for certain words in my emails, such as the word income that is automatically going to go into the spam filter. So you may find that there are certain words that you may use as well that may trigger the spam filter. So just be aware of not using those words if you can help it. And I find that using a word such as revenue instead of income will make it go to the inbox rather than the spam filter. But have a play about with these words for your emails to make sure that they're not constantly going to the spam filter because when they do, less people open them. So email open rate and the spam filter is one thing to look out for. But another thing to look out for is subject lines for your emails. Are they enticing enough for people to actually open them? If you're on your own email list, which I highly recommend you are, I'm on my own email list and I can check if it goes to promotions or not in Google. And I can check if it comes straight into my inbox. And I'll know that if I've got a bad email open rate, 
but it's in my inbox, I know that there's something needs to be adjusted with the subject line of that email to get more opens. It needs to be more enticing. So have a look at some of your subject lines for your emails if you notice a bad open rate. So there's two main things to look out for. You may have words in your email that means it's ended up in the spam filter. And the second thing is your subject lines for your emails. Also pay attention to the click-through rate. So if you've got a link in your email, say for example, it's the link to your masterclass, how many people are clicking on the link? If it's none, then something needs to improve there. Like, is the link obvious? Is it not? Does it need to sound more enticing? Does it need to be communicated in a better way? There are lots of different tests that you can do to increase your click-through rate. So metric number four was your email rate and your click-through rate. Now, number five is sales page views. Are people actually journeying through your content and onto your sales page? If so, and you notice, for example, that 100 people clicked onto your sales page, but no one bought, then something needs adjusted on your sales page. Maybe your messaging's off, or maybe you need to change the title. Maybe it's not enticing people enough to come into your offer. There are a lot of things that you can look at on your sales page. And this is something that I teach very heavily inside of Client Attraction Sales Accelerator, which is my six month mentorship program, because sales pages play a huge part when it comes to a successful launch and people joining your offer. But like I mentioned earlier, if you don't yet have a sales page or an email list, perhaps you're just getting started and you are growing purely by selling on social media, then Look at things like your content and your messaging to make sure that people are actually commenting on your posts and it's resonating with people. If you're asking people to send you a DM, has anybody ever sent you a DM? That kind of thing. Also pay attention to your stories views and if people are clicking on the links in your stories to get to your offer because this is a really good indicator as to whether your messaging is hitting home with your audience. If, for example, I'll take the number 100 again because it's a good solid round number. If you have 100 stories views and you're talking about your offer daily in stories, but no one clicked on your link, then there's either a messaging problem or an audience problem. So you may be attracting the wrong people in to your profile. So therefore, your messaging needs to change to be able to attract the right people in. But if you had 100 stories views and if 20 people clicked on your link, then great. Link clicks are great and all, but we want conversions. And this is the next step that I'm going to get into. But before I do, one thing to note is that people might not have seen your offer enough. The online world is so busy nowadays, you need to keep talking about your offer over and over and over again. And I'm going to give you an example here. When I used to live launch Client Attraction Sales Accelerator, which is my six-month mentorship program, I talked about it every day, multiple times a day, not just on my Instagram and in my Facebook, in my Facebook group, on the grid, also in stories, multiple times a day. And I spoke about that offer every day for around about 10 days, every time I launched it. And I would still have someone say a few days later, oh, I've missed the launch. Can I still join? And this just shows that people are so busy nowadays. You may think that you've spoken about your offer enough, but trust me, you haven't. You need to keep talking about your offer until you are sick of the sound of your own voice and still keep talking about it even more. And this is one of the reasons why I decided to go evergreen. 
as soon as possible. And I'm going to tell you briefly now what Evergreen is. So when you are live launching an offer, and I do recommend this method for the first time you put your offer out into the world because you want to make sure that people are resonating with your messaging. You want to make sure that people are coming on board in your offer and they are getting the results that you say that they'll get and you can gather testimonials and things like that for your sales page. But with a live launch, you would have an open and closed cart period. So you would perhaps have like a masterclass or a challenge. You would hype your offer up. You would open your cart and you would close it again after a few days. This is the live launch method. Evergreen is the doors are constantly open. So people can come and join whenever they want to. The doors are open. So you're not doing a live launch. Instead, you may have some other process to tell people about your offer. So I'm constantly talking about my offer in stories. I'll have an evergreen masterclass running where people can always watch the masterclass, click on the link, find out more about Client Attraction Sales Accelerator, for example, and then decide if they want to come and join. Me personally, I lost quite a lot of clients by only live launching and people asking me afterwards, can I come and join? And I'd have to say, no, I'm sorry, the doors are now closed, but you can join next time. And then they'd end up going and joining another offer. So I do highly recommend evergreening your offers once you've had a successful live launch or two, because then you've got the data as well to hone in on what's worked and what didn't. And you can better optimise your evergreen funnel as well. But again, that is a training for another day. I will talk to you very soon about evergreen funnels and how you can optimise them. But also, if you are mostly just relying on live launching, you're going to have rollercoaster income, which is very unpredictable. And it's also really scary. So just the other day, I was comparing my business income from 2020 to what it's like now. And it looked a bit like this. So January of 2020 was an 18k month. Then February dropped to 7k. March was 3k. And then April was back up to 20k. And this roller coaster pattern continued throughout the entire year. So income was up and down and it was very unpredictable. And sometimes you can do the exact same launch process and for whatever reason, get a much lower result than the time before. So it is very unpredictable. And another thing I don't particularly like about live launching is that it all boils down to that one live masterclass or that challenge week. What happens if you're ill or your kids are ill or your dog's ill? And there's so much pressure to show up for it during that week because that's your only chance to get the money in. And what happens if you feel a bit rubbish because you're ill and all you want to do is climb into your bed? You're not going to make any money and that is a really scary way to live. So me personally, I much prefer to have the steady, reliable income spread across the year, which is so much more predictable and I'm a lot more relaxed now. I'm so much more relaxed and at ease because of it. Some would argue that Evergreen isn't as profitable because you don't have the urgency as you do with a live launch when you're saying the doors are closing, join now. But there are lots of different ways that you can create urgency around an evergreen offer too, which again is something that I teach my clients about inside of Client Attraction Sales Accelerator. But one of them, one of the big things you can do is to offer bonuses, bonuses that are going to expire after a certain time period, which would entice somebody to come and join now. If they've been looking at your offer and they're thinking, oh, I might just wait. You know, the doors are always open. I can join whenever. If you've got limited time bonuses and they are brilliant and they are so enticing, they're going to help your dream client, they really want them, 
then that's going to make them join now. So that is one of the many ways that you can create urgency around your evergreen offer. Now, finally, metric number six and the most important is the conversion rate. How many people actually convert and join into your offer? If you have lots of clicks to your sales page and no one's buying, then the messaging needs to be dialed in more. And there are lots of other things that you can do too to entice people to come and join and to remind them about your offer, such as follow-up emails, your content, Instagram stories, Facebook ads. Keep reminding them about the offer and for them to come and join. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the main things you need to focus on every day in your business to gain clients consistently and have predictable monthly income. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Talk soon.